Hi, I'm Melanie Welch, and this is the Unmaking Me podcast. Here, we have a space to talk about the experience of transforming our lives to build a life full of joy and purpose. If you're feeling unsatisfied with your life, even though you've achieved all the things that society has wanted from you, this is a place for you. We connect about our experience as we learn, grow, and heal those tender parts of ourselves to allow for something beautiful to emerge. These are just my opinions, beliefs, and experiences, and in no way a substitute for care from your qualified healthcare provider. Hello, welcome to Unmaking Me. I am really excited that you're here. This is a topic that I have been thinking a lot about lately, and I'm really curious about what your thoughts are. So definitely let me know as you're listening to this, whether you have any ideas about uh, about this concept of a midlife crisis and what it means to you and your own experience. I would love to hear about that. So today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about the midlife crisis. What is it? Is it actually a crisis? And I'll talk a bit about my own experience as I'm thinking about this topic it has been coming up a lot in my life lately. I have been hearing from friends, from colleagues, from patients about their experiences of this transition that happens in midlife. So what's it really all about? We're going to look a little bit at some of the data, specifically around purpose today. We're going to be talking about life purpose and how that fits into what happens at midlife. And then I'll share a bit of my own experience. I'm really looking forward to diving into this with you. All right, so why the midlife crisis? Well, as I mentioned, I'm hearing a lot about this in my interactions with people. And I've realized that there's something more to this story that I haven't really understood. I don't know about you, but growing up, I heard the midlife crisis was when typically a man decided to buy a new red sports car and change his life. Maybe he got divorced or, or, you know, started to, you know, I don't know, cut his hair differently or something like that. And more recently, uh, I've been seeing a lot more in the popular press around women and midlife experiences. And I'm really interested in that topic because it definitely fits with uh, my own experience and what I'm going through right now in my mid forties. So what is a midlife crisis? Well, kind of historically, there's been this concept that um, you get old, you start to realize that mortality is, is you know, in not, not in the too distant future, and, and it changes the way that you behave. Um, obviously, at midlife, there's a, you know, a lot of people are going through many changes with their families, their children, there may be changes in relationships. And so that historically has been thought to kind of trigger um, some big life changes. Erickson, uh, the developmental psychologist, talked about the primary task of middle adulthood being generativity, so the desire to expand one's influence and commitment to family, society, and future generations. And he said that uh, if an adult did not achieve generativity, they would experience stagnation, which is really the the idea that they would be too self-absorbed. It would be about kind of self-indulgence. Um, so that's, I think, the the theoretical kind of de- developmental psychological underpinnings for this concept of the midlife crisis. But I've been kind of curious about what does the data show about this? So I started to dig into this concept a little bit because I've been really focused on the idea of purpose and meaning in life and how that fits in and what does the literature show us about that? So I, I, I started to research that a bit more. I wanted to share some of that with you. There's... Uh, a study back in 2015, I believe, that showed 
some a view on uh, really what meaning in life is. So Martella and Steiger in the Journal of Positive Psychology in 2016 talked about three dimensions of assessing your life uh, when it comes to meaning specifically. So one is coherence. This is how the events of our life kind of fit together and does our life make sense? Um, I, the idea that if a new event comes in that we can actually make sense of it in the context of our life story. Another one is significance. So our life's value at the sense that our life matters, um, that, you know, that the world wouldn't be as great if we, if we weren't here. And the last is purpose. So our goals, our aims, our vision for our life. Uh, it's like a mission statement or, you know, the thing that we really kind of see ourselves as here to achieve. So I wanted to focus specifically on purpose today because there's a fair, fairly significant uh, literature uh, on this topic. There's a large database called Midas that has been studying adults in the U.S. for many years, and a number of studies within that database do talk about this concept of life's purpose. So what does that mean? Uh, I looked at one particular study, a large meta-analysis. So there were, uh, I think, about 70 studies in this meta-analysis. This is now, I don't know, almost 20 years old, I believe. So it, you know, it would be really interesting to know whether some of this had changed. But I think some fundamental features of this are likely still true. So the idea that um, purpose in life is a really a key element of our mental health, um, and particularly at, starting at midlife, the, this concept that um, having a vision for our life that ties us to something, you know, something we feel that we need to achieve, actually is protective in many ways uh, for many things. So lots of associations in this large meta-analysis with having a sense of purpose in life. So uh, definitely associated with better social relationships, higher quality relationships, purpose in life is associated with generally with better health, uh, higher socioeconomic status, um, relationships, including marriage, as I mentioned, um, and also just a sense of psychological well-being is, is tied very much to purpose. So I wanted to look more at kind of what this concept of purpose is. And how do we achieve it at midlife? So does this just start? Do we have it earlier? There's a book um, called Second Mountain. Uh, and that book, uh, the concept of that book is that we spend the first part of our life kind of doing what feels good to us. And the second part of our life um, then is, would be spent kind of like serving our community. Um, so it's, it's by David Brooks, The Second Mountain, The Quest for a Moral Life. And he talks about how that kind of second mountain is really um, is giving to others, is, is relationships, is, you know, being more focused outwardly as opposed to inwardly. And I found this concept interesting because when I read that book, it didn't, the concept made sense, but it didn't completely align with my own experience. And I, I'm curious about what other people find about this. I feel like so much of the first part of my life was, was dedicated to serving others. But I started to reflect on that more and I wonder if maybe it's the intent that kind of relates to this concept of the second mountain that in the first half of my life, I've really spent so much of it giving of myself, but maybe maybe the intent there was around just being, you know, being good, doing what society saw as good of me and actually kind of in this now moving into midlife and the second phase of my life, it's the focus is more around truly like serving others 
in a way that also fits with my own life's purpose. So I'm, I'm wrestling with that a bit. And I'm curious to know what your thoughts are about that, or if you've had had any experience with that concept or that book. So definitely let me know if you've considered this concept yourself. For me personally, um, I've been really, really kind of reflecting on this idea of mid, this midlife transition and what it what it means to focus more on a life purpose that's really aligned with um, fully integrating all the parts of myself. So I've talked about the fact that I'm a doctor. I feel like I've I've spent a lot of my life caring for others, and that piece actually like that piece of my work, the caring for others, relationships with others, connection with others is absolutely what gives me meaning in my life. I feel like that is what I'm meant to do in many ways. But then there's so many aspects of my job that don't fit within that, that, you know, that context fit within that category. They're really around, like so much of what I do is not aligned with meaning and purpose. It's kind of day-to-day work, um, paperwork, and what seems like a lot of times like minutia um, in order to make sure the other parts get done, the meaningful parts, the connection and the care. And that's kind of what I've been wrestling with a lot is, you know, there's meaning there for sure. I'm very blessed to have a job that actually offers so much meaning, but so much of what I do isn't aligned with that. It's, it isn't something that gives me a sense of purpose. And I've really been thinking about that a lot as I ponder this concept of a midlife crisis, midlife transition. Um, Renee Brene Brown, I at one point heard her refer to it as a, a developmental stage. And I think in many ways that's true, that we come to this point in our lives, assess where we've been in the past. And and then we for some, you know, I think intentionally that our, our development is set up that we start to question um our role in society, our role in life, and start to question ourselves as well. And a big part of that for me is around, and I think for many people, I suspect, but certainly in my own experience, is in order to actually move towards a life that, you know, that fits with my own sense of purpose, which really is around kind of serving others and connecting with others, that I actually have to make some changes in my life. Um, I actually have to make some decisions, but the only way I can do that is, you know, make those changes, make those decisions, have the courage to step into some of that and really accept all the parts of myself. The only way I can do that is if I really reevaluate the parts of myself that have come and gotten me to this point. So what I mean by that specifically is really like around my identity, some of my core beliefs that have gotten me here. You know, they've served me up until now, but I, I kind of think this midlife stage is really around reevaluating those. And in order to move into a life that really aligns more with my purpose, that I actually have to start to break down some of those things that I've believed about myself in the past in order to actually be able to move into a, a life of purpose. For me, that, you know, that looks like trying to figure out what, how would I, how would I spend my time? How would I, um, really align my time primarily with mean the, the meaningful and purposeful activities that I believe make the biggest difference in the world. And that might mean making some changes to the things that actually I'm spending my time on. But in order to do that, I have to, I have 
to really re reevaluate how I see myself. So a lot of the things for me have been around being a good team member, being a good contributor, you know, showing up when people need me. All of those parts are are important, but if I'm going to actually step into a life that's more meaningful and purposeful and, and fits with my view of myself and the second half of my life, I actually have to give some of that up. I can't always show up for others in the way that I have in the past. I have to really be questioning if an activity or an action is aligned with what I want to be spending my time on and what fits with my greater purpose. And it means sometimes having to disappoint people, which is something I've avoided very much in the first part of my life. I definitely a big part of my identity has been, you know, being good, showing up, doing the thing I'm supposed to do. So part of it for me is reevaluating that part of my identity. Um, you know, around giving up control over things. That's another piece. I sort of I've spent so much of my time trying to control situations, um, make sure that you know that I think perfectionism fits into that as well. That you know, doing things the right way, people wouldn't get upset, or I wouldn't get upset. And I have to give up on so much of that, those parts of my identity in order to really step into my purpose, which, you know, for me, I'm still figuring that out. It definitely relates to, you know, connecting with, with people. And I think in order to really connect, I have to be able to show up vulnerably and share all the parts of myself, which, you know, I think in the past, I haven't always felt comfortable with, with doing that. I think in order to, to be there for people in the way I thought they needed me, I had to kind of, I felt like I had to hide certain parts of myself and, and only show up in the way that, you know, they most, um, that made, that made others felt, feel most comfortable. So I think for me, that part of that, that quest for purpose and this transition is really around stepping into accepting all those parts of myself. One of the other pieces I'm thinking about with, you know, relative to this concept of the midlife crisis historically actually being more of a midlife transition, a reevaluation, and actually a quest for a purposeful life. It's really a quest to find, I think, our purpose in our own lives and actually start to align our actions with that purpose. I sort of feel like that's what the midlife crisis, if, if you want to call it that midlife transition, is really around that. And, you know, the other concept I think about related to this is, it's fine, is, you know, is being, activities that give us purpose are probably activities that we enjoy doing and, and that we can spend a lot of time on. This concept from Malcolm Gladwell's work around the fact that people only get to mastery of a subject if they spend 10,000 hours on a particular task. And I know there's been a lot of debate about whether that is actually true or not, but I was at a, a conference at one point where the speaker referred to the fact that the only way that we can get to 10,000 hours doing an activity is if we actually really want to be spending time doing that activity. And if, if maybe while we're doing that act activity, if we're in that kind of flow state, that state where we're just like fully immersed in the activity or really mindful, um, really mindfully taking part in that particular activity. And if that's the case, it's probably something that we love doing. And then we can achieve that 10,000 hours. So for me, 
as I thought about that, you know, certainly made me realize that the parts of my job that seem like they take the longest, that feel as overwhelming, that feel overwhelming, the parts that I may kind of avoid doing are the parts where I'm not in flow, the paperwork pieces, the parts I don't enjoy as much that, you know, are necessary aspects of, of work in many ways. But the parts that I do feel I'm in flow in that I could spend more time doing is really when I'm connecting with someone, when I'm there for someone showing up for them um, and having conversations, helping them through whatever they're working through. Those pieces for me are times when I'm definitely in flow and I could spend more time doing that um, and actually probably achieve so much more for others if I didn't have to spend the other time doing the tasks I'm not as good at. I still haven't figured out the logistics of that. Obviously, there's pieces in any job that you have to you know, have to do in order to kind of, um, that, that may be a little bit more task-oriented and are not necessarily as enjoyable for everyone. So I, I don't have any answers to that. Certainly in my career, those two elements go hand in hand. The, you know, the parts, you know, where you're caring for someone and, and there with them in the moment. And then all, you know, all the other work that supports that has to be done in some way. But it's made me reflect on how I want to spend my time and actually how I should be spending my time if I want to align the rest of my life with purpose and meaning and, and actually probably give to society in a way that I can actually give the most of myself is spending those times and the activities that give me purpose and meaning and will probably benefit others even more if I do that. I don't know the answers, but I really am thinking about this a lot. I think specifically this topic of purpose, given that we know that when people are in purpose, they live healthier lives, they live more successful lives, they live more connected lives, then, you know, this is probably what what that midlife crisis really is all about and how do we achieve how, how do we help others achieve that as much as possible and give ourselves the opportunity to achieve that by working through some of the things that have kept us out of purpose um, in the past so I'd love to hear your thoughts on this topic I I think I'm going to be talking a bit more about this concept of midlife transition and midlife crisis more on the podcast just because it's so interesting to me, and I think there's a lot of data. This is, uh, uh, you know, an emerging area, certainly for people of my life stage. I think there's more and more being said about this topic and really around um, how do we all spend time doing the things that are most meaningful for us. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Let me know what you think, and I'll see you back next week. Thank you so much for joining me here on the Unmaking Me podcast. I'd love to hear if this was helpful for you or if you have any other ideas you'd like to discuss. Connect with me on social media. I'm on Instagram as Melanie is a 3 T-H-R-E-E. I'd love to chat with you there and I'll see you next week.